Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But what I was going to say, some monitor, thank you, Jesus. What I was going to say is that I want to be uber sensitive uh, for um, what I'm going to speak to the church because of the times that we're living in. Monitor. I'm not having any here. It's not coming out. In Daniel chapter 6, in Daniel chapter 6, that's better. Thank you. Uh, Verse 16, we're going to start reading there and then get right into this. Daniel chapter 6, verse 16. When you get there, say amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 616. The Bible says this in the word of God, and we're going to read it and then we'll pray, okay? It says, Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now, the king spoke and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. I just want to stop for a second and say that people can remind you about all of the things that God has done for you in your present situation, but until God shows you that, you know, uh, you just, you, it's just a different thing. You know, you can have all the faith in the world for me in my situation, but it needs to be my faith in God. Amen. Because I'm the one going through it, you know. When you're up there, and I was up there at Copper Cove, and I'm standing on that second level, and I'm looking over, and everybody's saying, jump. I'm like, you're not the one here standing on this ledge and looking down 15 or 20 feet ever how far it was. But it was a long way down. But it's real easy when people are not going through what you're going through, even though Darius had a heart and a passion and a compassion for Daniel. But he said, thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, and the purpose that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den... He cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel, and the king spoke and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest, continually able to deliver thee from the lions? And he's waiting to hear back from the lion's den. And then said Daniel unto king, unto the king, O king, live forever, my God, not thy God, but my God, he says hath sent his angel and hath shut the lion's mouths that they have not hurt me for as much as before him innocency was found in me and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceeding glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. I want to pray over the word of God tonight if you would just agree with me in prayer father we thank you for this moment to come and to break open the bread of life and God we've been encouraged Lord through worship we've worshiped you in spirit and in truth people I believe have been touched their hearts are warm their ground and their heart is broken up to hear and to receive the word of God and I pray tonight Lord I come before you as just a a humble servant before you Lord I am what I am 
am because of your grace. I'm just a piece of clay in your hands, but I'm praying that you will shape me and make me into a vessel tonight, God, that I can speak what thus saith the Lord, that the words that come from the from this mouth will be seasoned with salt, that there will be an anointing upon my life, and that you will speak to this congregation tonight, that we will be encouraged and built up, God, through every trial, through every test, through everything that we go through. You're faithful, Father God. You're faithful, and we ask your blessing upon this word. Be glorified, Lord, tonight as we honor you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, we thank you and ask amen and amen. Praise the Lord. So I'm preaching this thought tonight simply in the lion's den. In the lion's den. And I want to start this message off with an understanding first of how Daniel got to the lion's den. You know, if you study this whole chapter, you see that the president's uh, that he was one of the three presidents, if you will, right under the king, King Darius. In verse 2, it says, And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, he was, he was a very high and esteemed, prominent individual in leadership and power, right under the king. The Bible says in verse 3 that Daniel was preferred. He was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was found in him or was in him and the king sought him to be you know uh, over all the realm I think in this day that we live in the greatest thing that could be said about us is that there is an excellent spirit within us amen that when people see us they see the Holy Ghost when they hear us they hear the Holy Ghost they hear Jesus they feel his love they hear his love they experience his love they experience his power they experience his hope if there's one thing that God has been dealing with me a lot of lately is be careful what you say because there's power in your words. There's power in the things that you speak and you you, you know, you, you can have divine favor upon your life and not even realize the power that you have. We need to walk in the power and the authority of God and His presence upon our lives and we see here in the word that Daniel was favored. He was favored not only by God but he was favored by the king think about that he prevailed with man he prevailed with God first but he prevailed with men it's an awesome thing when the people of the world come when they don't have any answer for their problem and they say we need the church we need the people of God to speak something to us pray for us God will give us favor on our jobs. It's not just favor for you to get a place to live or a car or a better job or a promotion. It's favor from God to minister to people to show them there is an almighty God in heaven that you can know too. You can prevail with him too. So he was a president. He was preferred and he was favored because he had an excellent spirit which is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Anybody that's full of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit comes out has an excellent spirit. If you don't operate in the beauty of the Holy Spirit, you don't have that excellent spirit coming out of you. But you and I can have an excellent spirit that when they see us, they hear Him. They see Him. They feel Him. Amen. Amen. 
People put so much emphasis, I'm not even going to go into this deep, but they put so much emphasis on giftings and they're meaner than a junkyard dog. Amen. I'm telling you right now, people, and I'm talking about leaders, I'm talking about pastors, I'm talking about a lot of people. We don't realize it a lot of times. You know, even I myself have had to step back and God said, Jonathan, I want you to exude and exemplify the very love of Jesus, the very Holy Spirit, the love of God, the kindness, the goodness. We all need to come before God and say, Lord, please help me that I not be a misrepresentation of you, but that I show Christ. Amen. So, but the, the fourth verse we see that there was an agenda to ensnare Daniel, but the other presidents could find no occasion or fault in him. It says, then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion or fault for as much as he was faithful. Neither was there any error or fault found in him. Here is this excellence coming out. In his character, in the natural world, in the natural, he was, it's so beautiful, he was faithful. Oh my Lord, the greatest thing that could ever be said is that you're faithful. We live in a time when people are not faithful to anything. They're not faithful in their marriages, they're not faithful on their jobs, they're not faithful on anything. They're not faithful to church, they're not faithful to the house of God. It should be said in this hour, especially with everything that's going on, that we are found faithful in the house of God. Nobody should be sitting home, sitting in front of a TV. Nobody should be sitting home. We should be in the house of God and we should be found faithful. And leaders, listen to me today. Listen to me. If you're a leader in this church, you need to be in the prayer meeting on Tuesday night. You need to be in the house of God. You need to be praying because you're leading people and you're saying, you know what? It's good for you, but not for me. No. Everybody in leadership needs to be in the prayer meeting. Period. Period. If you don't want to do that, then step down. Sit down. There's somebody that's in a prayer meeting that will take your spot. Don't, don't get mad at pastor. I'm going to tell you right now. It needs to be. We should not be poor examples unto those that are under us. We should be the greatest of examples if we can be here. I understand. I want to put out the disclaimer because people always get hurt. I know there's times you can't come. I know there's times you work. I understand that. But there are times when we could be here, but we don't sacrifice for that. And we need to be that example. How can you lead somebody when you're not the example? So Daniel was faithful. There was no error found in him. None. He was faithful. He was faithful in the natural. He was faithful in the spiritual. They tried first in the everyday natural life to find something, but they never caught him stealing. They never caught him slacking. They never caught him behaving poorly or badly. All a reflection of our spiritual life. If you're Holy Ghost filled, you're to be the best employee on the job. Half the church said amen. Amen. You shouldn't have a name at work that you're the person that always seems to never show up. Amen. Come on. Oh, people go, preach it. And then I start preaching. They go, get all quiet on me. Amen. 
I can tell you something right now. We ought to be the very best. We ought to have the utmost of stellar character. When we started this church, I came in, and a, and, and a man said to me, and another church that he started down back where Costco is, that was back when it was Ralph's. Had that strip mall, and Ralph, some of you kids, I say kids, some of you in here, you're adults now, you were probably five years old. But I remember when there was a fish place there, and there was a dry cleaner there, and there was a Ralph's there, and down, there was all kinds of stuff there, and they bulldozed it over and made a Costco. But I remember, I remember there was a little church there in a storefront, and I went in because we had started here, and I said, man, I want to get a building like that. I said, tell me. I said, how did you get a conditional use permit? He said, oh, I ain't got one. Then come to me. And I said, okay, all right. So when we come in this building, I said, that's what I'm going to do. I'll try that. I said, you know what? They can come to me. Well, guess what? They did. <laughs> the city came down here, and they were like, you can't be in this building without a conditional use permit. You got to go down to the city, and you got to go through all of the process and get a conditional use permit. And I remember saying to Cleta Cook, I said, I don't want to do that. I was hoping to be under the radar. She said, Pastor, anything we do, as long as it doesn't go against God's word, we need to do with utmost of character because the whole city's looking at you. They're going to watch you. They're going to see what you're going to do. I was young and dumb. You can't circumvent those things that you need to do right. So do what's right, right. Right? Amen. Do what's right, right. And so I went down to the city and you know what? Lo and behold, if you got enough money in your bank account, they'll give you a permit. I found out. I said, Brother Talbert, what do I do? He said, take your checkbook down there and just start writing checks. And we got a permit. Praise God. Well, Y'all aren't interested in that, but... We got a conditional use permit. You don't know what it costs to come in this building. See, people come in here, they don't know what we went through to get here. But here we are. And it was a lot of work and a lot of money and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. I fell off my ladder and landed on my head. I went through a lot of things so we could have a conditional use permit. And we got it. That's why when Potter's, praise the Lord. That's why when Potter's Fellowship said they were going to leave, we said, we'll take your building. Guess what? Because it had about a fifteen dollars or $20,000 asset of a conditional use permit that Pastor Jonathan didn't have to get. Yeah, I'm smarter than you think. Amen. But she said, obey the laws of the land so long as they don't go against God's laws. There's laws that go against God's laws that we're not going to obey. I'm telling you right now. People say, well, abortion's legal. I said, just because the, the government might say it's legal. Well, now it's not legal as a whole, but in states it is. And, but just because it's something that would be considered legal, it's against God's law. Amen. Verse 5, the Bible says that they could find no occasion except against his God. So if people can't find something against you about something in your natural life or your everyday life of character, they're going to try to find it in your God. And guess what? God's perfect. There's nothing that he could ever do that would cause anybody to come against him with a valid, justified gripe or complaint. Amen. God is a loving God, but he's also a just God. 
God. He's also a just God. We are living in this today, and it's a hatred because of Christ. Jesus said in Matthew 24, Matthew chapter 24, verse 9, and this is what the scripture says. I want to quote it correctly. It says, and this is in times he's speaking of. He said, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. So Jesus is telling you you're going to be afflicted or that people will be afflicted, and they shall kill you. And he said, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Every nation has something. There's an element in every nation that has something against Christ. And and some nations are worse and more savage than others. But this is an all-out persecution with no reason, no provocation, no wrong. It's just Christ that they hate in us. It's simply because Satan hates God, hates God's ways, hates God's people. Cain had no reason to murder his brother. He could have corrected it, but he didn't. He could have provided the right sacrifice, but he didn't. King Saul had no reason to hate David. In fact, King, in fact, David the shepherd brought a victory that gave Israel a new standing and a new place of deliverance and peace in their nation because of a little shepherd boy. You would have thought Saul would have said, I'm telling you, you're the best thing that ever happened. But as soon as they started, started praising, when I say praising David or giving him credit, he eyed him. He eyed him. Jealousy does not look good on anybody. It's an ugly thing. The religious had no reason to kill Jesus. Even Pilate knew this. Why? Because he opened blinded eyes and he healed the sick and he cast out devils and he fed people and he loved people and he accepted people. They hated him because the devil behind him, the demonic spirit behind them hated him. And so they hung him on the cross. And I know even in the Jews, the Jews cried crucify him. So even Pilate knew this wasn't right. An infidel, a, 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 a heathen, a Roman a, a, a general knew it wasn't right. He knew that. Uh, uh, so it, it is an utter hatred for Christ and God's chosen people. You know, uh, many have a disdain for Israel right now. I don't. I believe they responded just like God would have them to respond. They were attacked very uh, savagely. People were murdered. People were kidnapped. Babies burnt and decapitated and all kinds of things. And we haven't seen anything yet. I have a friend who is high up, and I'm not going to mention his name, but he knows a lot of things, and there's a lot of things Israel has not even shared. And so, yes, they came back very vehemently, and they came back very harshly. Justice is harsh. You murder somebody, you get the death penalty in most states, or you should. You get in some states, it's you're put to death. It's capital punishment. There is a harsh, harsh response because God is a God of justice. Where do you think our justice? system came from. It came from the Bible. But I'm not going to act like
like that the Jews are perfect and they've never done anything wrong. But God promised them that land through a covenant promise. And they became a nation in 1948 by a miracle. Harry Truman, who was a very unpopular Democrat president, but one who is highly esteemed in my opinion because he was the heavy-handed vote of influence that was very critical whenever Israel was becoming a nation and the United Nations voted for Israel to become a nation. Harry Truman had a Jewish friend that ministered to him and talked to him and he was very influential and his decision to vote for Israel to be a nation was huge. Other nations began to... God orchestrated that. And that wasn't something that Harry Truman just decided to do. God orchestrated that. In fact, if you study the history book, you'll see that there was a, 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 a strong, if I will, burden upon his life. Speak to you, a burden that he was, very, he was afraid of man in a sense, or the fear of man, or what they're going to say. But God put him there for a reason and a purpose. And now Israel is a nation. And yes, they've been attacked. And yes, they have responded. Because every nation, I can tell you, or at least the, the, the ones that are into that demonic religion have come against Israel. It's a hatred for Christ. Yeah, I've got to preach it. I've not preached it enough. I've got to preach it. It has to be preached. Islam is a demonic religion. I don't care what you think about it. It is. It most certainly is. I know there's people that might not be that way in that. And, and I know there's Christians that can be meaner than a junkyard dog. But what I'm telling you as a whole, there is this absolute hatred for the Jews. But, and they have made it very clear. We'll accept nothing but absolute extinction. We don't want them to exist anymore. Well, guess what? God is not going to allow that to happen. That's why they never seem to get uh, you know, a, a footing in trying to push Israel out. They always come back with a strong arm but Daniel getting back to Daniel was hated and persecuted and thrown into the lion's den because of who he was in God God couldn't have prevented it or he could have prevented it rather God could have stopped it but guess what he didn't he did not stop it from happening Darius didn't stop it from happening because God was planning something to bring about something. By design, He was placed there. You know, there's things we go through and we think, God, why am I going through this? God allowed it. God allowed it. You know... Even without going into any detail, because the Lord told me, no pity party here, buddy. Amen. You know me. You've served me for 33 years. You know my faithfulness. And yeah, you may be going through a lot of things right now. But he said, endure hardness like a good soldier. Amen. Quit you like men. Amen. Stand. When you've done everything that you know to do, when you've stood with your armor on and you've fought, Keep on standing. Amen. Keep on standing. Doesn't matter what they say. Doesn't matter what they do. Doesn't matter how hurt you are. Doesn't matter what people have said about you. Or if they betrayed you. Or they've went against you. They've turned on you. They've cheated you. They've stolen from you. 
They've done all manner of evil. Stand there, buddy. Amen. Stand there. Jesus hung on a cross and he took all of our offenses on an old rugged cross so that we could stand in victory. Amen. We can stand in victory. Hallelujah. But Daniel, he was put in that lion's den because he was hated and God could have prevented it, but he didn't. He allowed him to go through that lion's den. He came through on the other side. But I want to share something with you. Church history proves, in fact, that there were those that were thrown in the lion's den that never made it out. See, we don't like to hear that. We only want to hear success stories. We don't, in our opinions and in our mindset and our, our value system, if they didn't come through in victory, they were not victorious. Oh, yes, they were. Stephen was victorious. <laughs> Those that were thrown into the lion's den during the beginning of the church age. Read Fox's Book of Martyrs. Those that were burned at the stake. Those that were thrown to the lions. And they were, they were sport in front of all of that Roman Empire. And everybody watched as the gladiators, you know, were out there. And they threw those uh, Christians out there into those arenas. And they watched those lions rip them to shreds. They were never delivered from the lion's den. There were those that were thousands that were burned at the stake they were put on a pole and they were lit and they were as, as, as like lanterns in the city and they burned, it was nothing for people to walk by and see a corpse up there burning, they were burned at the stake, they were thrown into the lion's den, they never made it out there were those that did, there were those that got out of that, even John the beloved was boiled in oil but he never died that's a historical fact See, if we don't hear a message where somebody went through something that they came through on the other side, we go, oh, you know, they don't have a testimony of victory. They absolutely do. If they, if they died in the faith, they went home. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So all of this being said, not everybody made it out of the lion's den. Some gave their lives and many so we could have Bibles and we could have the gospel today. Amen. Amen. When Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you shall receive power to be witnesses. When the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power to become witnesses. In the Greek, I'm getting ready to just begin to, to share something with you that will really make you think deeper than you have. But when he says witnesses, if you go to the Greek word, the very Greek word, and it's in the Strong's 3144, do you know that word martyr is in there? Martyr is in that definition of witnesses. Amen. Some of you are saying, oh man, I didn't realize that when he said be filled with the Holy Ghost, that it was going to be a witness to possibly preach and have your life taken as a martyr. See, we don't want that. No, we want God to give us the Holy Ghost so we feel the Holy Ghost goosebumps and we shout and we praise and hallelujah. But when you go out there and you're preaching and somebody wants to take your head off, do you have that same witness in your spirit? Amen. Come on. Because church, I can tell you, we have an experience in the 
persecution, but I believe it's coming down the pike in the near future. We're going to see it one day. We're going to be, we're going to be called the task, and there's going to be persecution against the church, but the, 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 the mainstream church doesn't want to preach that. They don't want to hear that. They only want momentary victories, but what you don't understand was that there were those that lived this life in faith, and they never saw the promise of God come to pass, but they never lost faith, the Bible says. They kept on in faith, believing in the promises, even though they didn't see it in their lifetime. Because we're not living for this life, we're living for eternity. Are you hearing your pastor? So when Jesus said, you shall receive power to be witnesses, just put that word martyr there. Well, that was not very encouraging. It's not so we can, as I said, shout and feel goosebumps. It's to operate in the power of the Spirit and overcome the deadly evil of our time. Sometimes you have to go up to people and you have to tell them the truth and they hate that. They'll hiss in your face because they hate the truth. But the truth must be preached. We're to be light in a dark society, in a dark world. We're to be salt and not allow that salt to lose its savor and its saltness. We can't become lukewarm. We can't become people who lose their first love. Amen. We can't become people that are a misrepresentation of God. But we've got to go and minister to them and share the gospel with them. That's what he's talking about, a witness. Amen. That you may not die a physical death, but people will character assassinate you on your job. They'll come against you. They'll say all kinds of things about you. You could get fired on that job because you stand up for Christ. I've had people tell me, I got fired because I stood as a Christian. They didn't want me there anymore. I can tell you there's all kinds of martyrdom but we got to stand and be that witness amen we got to be that witness and say you know what I'm going to serve God no matter what they say no matter how they make fun of me no matter the persecution that comes to be a witness of Christ is, is something that God's called us to Daniel went down in that lion's den and he was there for a reason and a purpose and the people that threw him in there Believed it was over for him. Darius was hoping with all hope and doing everything he knew to do to pray and fast. He said, I even turned off my dance music. I'm going to pray and fast. Believe in God. Your God, Daniel, will deliver you. So when he says martyr in the Greek, it's a witness that may make it through alive. And they may not. Did you hear what I said? People get awfully quiet and they're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't sign up for that. John the Beloved did. Stephen did. Greatest testimony you could ever hear is that when they stoned Stephen, the Bible says the heavens were opened up. His face shone like an angel. And the heavens were opened up. And I love this. Oh, it makes me want to shout. <laughs> the Bible says, and Jesus is standing up to welcome that martyr in. 
What, what's so important about him standing up, Pastor? Because the Bible says that he did everything he was to do in dying on the cross, rose from the grave, went up. God the Father accepted the blood, and he said, I will forgive everybody that comes through the way of the cross. Did you hear me? You can't go some other way. There's no Roman way. There's no uh, Jehovah's Witness way. There's no Mormon way. There's only one way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And he... The only blood that God the Father accepted was the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice for all sins, the perfect spotless lamb, a man, hallelujah, that put on corruption but was incorruptible. He was perfect and he took our sin and whenever he applied that blood and said, I gave my life, God the Father said, I accept it. And he was the propitiation. He took the wrath for us. He cooled and appeased the anger of God for our sin and he was accepted and we are accepted in the blood. That's why you only can come through Jesus Christ. You can't say, well, I'm a good person. No, nobody's good but God. Nobody's accepted but Jesus. But if you come through the blood of Jesus, through the way of the cross, you're accepted. And the Bible says when he was accepted, he ascended, he sat down at the right hand of the Father. But when when Stephen was stoned, the Bible says the heavens opened up and Jesus stood up and his arms were open and he was saying, come in. Come in, you're the martyr of martyrs. All heaven is waiting to sing your entrance into the throne room of God. Everybody else may think your life was a waste and in vain, but they don't matter, God matters. (laughs) Where was I? Help me, Jesus. Why did I say all that? Because I want you to know something tonight. The only thing that matters from you and me is that God gets glory for what he did. Let me rephrase it. He gets glory for what Jesus did and what you put your faith in God to do through you and for you. Amen. The glory that he gets. Praise God. And Stephen brought glory. And he had a reason. Why, Pastor, did God, this ain't even on my nose, but why did God allow Stephen's life to be cut short? Because there was a man standing over there holding everybody's coats, watching them stone. Saul of Tarsus. They dropped their, read it, they dropped their cloaks and said, watch our coats here while we go over there and we do business, we're going to take him out. And they begin to throw stones at him. And Saul stood there and I believe that day he saw that man as he was a martyr and he died a death of being stoned and his life was taken out. But that was the way and means God was going to use to get a hold of old Saul of Tarsus. I believe that was the only way that was going to stop him from his, you know, his his genocide if you will and going through and with railing accusations and taking letters to pull people out and have them killed for being Christians but something haunted him oh I believe he laid down in that bed at night and he couldn't sleep because he said I see Stephen's face I see a man that would give his life for Jesus he never turned and run but he stood there and he smiled and the heavens were opened up something did something down deep inside of him that he could not 
not escape. And Saul, it haunted him until finally he was on the Damascus road one day and he was knocked to the ground and he saw that light shine around him. He was down there arrested by God in Acts chapter 9 and he said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest me? It's hard for you to kick against the goats. And he didn't say, who is this? He said, Lord, Lord. Yeah, that's me, buddy. You know exactly who it is. He was thinking about it a long time. Daniel made it out. Stephen didn't. But ultimately, God wants to maximize the glory and the effect of what takes place in our life. Did you hear me? So your life has some kind of a a, 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 a dividend upon it that God wants to get. Do you know how many times the devil's tried to kill me? When I was coming out of my mother's womb, the, the umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck. I was being choked to death. When I was three, I pulled the car down, rolled down the hill. I almost fell out of a big old Chevy and got run over. But God spared me. When I was 17, I was in a terrible car accident, but God spared me. 2006, I fell off of a ladder on my head, but God spared me. 2021, I was down there at Lambert and Harbor and got hit head on by a drunk driver, but God spared me. He said, I'm not done with you. The devil may want to try to kill you, but I'm not done with you. You're not done yet, son. There's something. And so the latest thing that I've been going through, amen, he said, I'm not done with you. Just hold on, amen. I'm a healer. I'm going to bring you through it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He was living proof, Daniel was of God's deliverance, a personal testimony of events and a bold witness of facts and truths because we need to hear that. Lions' dens are real. They may not be in the natural, but I've been in some lions' dens in my life. Hallelujah. Call it shark week. Call it whatever you want to call it. But you're at places where you feel like, I don't think I'm going to make it out of here. Amen. Oh, I don't even think I have the, 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 the faith to even, you know, pray the right way. I, and, and folks, don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. I've been there where I was like, Lord, I don't even have the words to say. I needed somebody to come over and lay their hands upon me. But guess what? There wasn't nobody there. And God said, Jonathan, you're going to have to get up, son. You're going to have to pray. <laughs> Almighty God, the greatest way out of a place where you feel like you don't have the words to pray or you don't have the faith to pray is to begin to thank him for all that he's done. Thank him for all that he's done. Thank Him. Oh God, you're an almighty God. Lord, I thank you that you saved me. I thank you that you redeemed me. I didn't think I was ever going to get a victory out of that. I didn't think I was ever going to overcome that drug addiction. I didn't think I was ever going to overcome alcoholism. I didn't think my marriage was ever going to be put back together. I didn't think I was ever going to come through that terrible loss in my life. The emptiness that I felt. I didn't think that that was ever going to get better. But here I am. Begin to praise Him 
to begin to thank him and you're going to begin to see faith come back in because of things that he's done before. Oh, Lord. Jesus. Lion's dens are real. Moments of great persecution are real. Testing and trial in your faith is real. You say, well, I'm not going through that right now. Well, I wasn't for the last several years either. 2023, God chose to put me through the meat grinder. And this church has no idea the things that this preacher has been through. The emotions and the roller coaster. Amen. The emotions just alone. The pain and the times that you just, you're like, Lord, I don't even know anymore. I've come down here, I don't even know where to start. I feel like I'm walking in a desert sometimes. And I just found a place to lay down for the night. But I had to get up the next day and guess what? Here I am again. And I'm walking at that place. And every once in a while God brings an oasis. He brings a place where I'll drink from that water. There's palms, amen, in that desert. There's streams in that desert. I can tell you, he'll make that valley, a, a valley called Baca. He'll make it a well, the Bible says. Yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you'll fear no evil. There are lion's dens. There are things you go through, and God shows you how faithful he is. The other day, God said to me in prayer, Great is my faithfulness. Great is my faithfulness. I am the faithful God. I said, Lord, it is of the Lord's mercies that I am not consumed. I said, your mercies, they fail not. And just like that, I mean as loud as you can hear. He said, and great is my faithfulness. Don't get caught up in the problem. Don't ever forget how great your God is. Don't ever forget how great your God is. Oh my goodness, this is awesome. This is wonderful. Hallelujah. Shut off those voices that'll tell you you've done something wrong when you know you've been faithful. Amen. You ever been there where you said, Lord, I've done everything I can think of to no good. I've repented. I've asked people to forgive me. I've prayed and I've asked you to forgive me. I've prayed for grace. I've prayed to shut my mouth. I've prayed to love when I didn't love people. I've prayed to show them love and kindness. And here I am. And I believe with all my heart there's nothing. There's nothing. But here I am at this place. And I still feel like, you know, it's like Job's comfort will come but don't listen to the voices listen to his voice shut off the voices that tell you you've done something wrong when you know you've been faithful if you've been unfaithful amen Jonah went through a lion's den too three days in the whale, whale's belly he was there because of consequence well if you've committed a consequence or a sin that brought about a consequence you can pray through you may have to go through hell for God to bring you where he wants you to be but God's mercy is faithful amen and he'll bring you right where you need to be but whether it's a consequence or a conflict just trust him oh my what about Job or Joseph or Jesus or Peter or Paul they didn't do anything wrong but they suffered church 
I'm not proclaiming suffering for you. I'm telling you that you can live faithfully and go through years of peace and just little ripples. Then you hit some turbulence. Sometimes you find yourself at a place. Amen. You got a dream. I'm telling you, that devil will make sure he puts you in a pit. But what you didn't know is God knows how to bring you right where he wants you to be. So lion's dens are real. Thank God they're not perpetual. But they are a reality that God allows. Oh, Jesus, help me. But how would God get a fresh testimony of his glorious intervention without us going through the lion's dens? How would our enemies be swallowed up if we didn't go through the lion's dens? I can tell you, I don't know when the angel showed up that he said, but I believe that there was a, a time, you know, that he said that angel, I believe that's just as much Jesus as he was in the fiery furnace. Same God, same angelic angel. Amen, but he's not an angel, he's a son of God. But he showed up like an angel in Old Testament it's typology of Christ, the, the, the pre-incarnate Christ. But how would God get a fresh testimony of his glorious intervention without us going through the lion's den? I looked across the table at my wife and we were just going through new life history and just all the things that we've been through, highs and lows, ups and downs. Amen. And we were just looking at all of that. And I said, I'm so grateful that God matured us and in our relationship and that, you know, and, and we look across the table and I love my wife and she loves me. And I thank God for her presence there in my lowest times. And I was there in her lowest times, but it wasn't always easy. We had times when I'm sure we both wanted to leave. But I can tell you, that's not the answer. Jesus is the answer. And we have a testimony that he gives us grace and love to keep us together. He knows how to do it. But how often, I'm going to say it one more time. How would God get a fresh testimony of his glorious intervention without us going through the lion's dens. Say, well, there's some that don't make it out, and God gets glory. But for those that do make it out, you got to shout it from the rooftop. Darius kept referring to him as thy God, Daniel, thy God, thy God, thy God. But he cannot be only the God of the past. He has to be the God of my current, present moment. Amen. I can't. We have testimonies from the past, but what is he now? 
What is he now? And God spoke this to me. He said, I want you to tell every older person in there, those that are in their older age, and I'll let you claim that or not, but I'm just going to tell you, Caleb at the end of his life said, give me this mountain. And God said, there are people in here that are up there in their older age, but he said, I want you to tell them tonight that they can, they are to fight, the, you are to fight the good fight of faith until you take your last breath. Amen. And the devil will fight you at your last moment. He'll try to take you out at your last moment. He tried to, I read this week, tried to take David out at his last moment and bring a disgrace. But David began to, at the last moment, began to uh, coronate and anoint. God anointed him, but Solomon to be king when, when Adonijah was trying to do that and, and usurp. And, and, but at the last moment, he was fighting. At that last moment, you know, and, and I love this. It's so powerful. God said, tell the older folks in the church, Daniel was 85, about 85 years old at this point in time and he was still fighting devils he was still fighting he was still being persecuted and there doesn't come a time in your life where you just say well you know I'm just too old now the devil ain't going to come after me as long as you've got oil in your lamp as long as you're fighting the good fight of faith as long as you're being used for God he's going to come and he's going to try to take you out but hold on brothers and sisters hold on elders today hold on young people fight the good fight of faith the the lion's den will come, but God will bring you through it for a testimony of His glory. No matter how old you are. And you can, you can hold on to those testimonies of the past to encourage you, but you got to have a fresh faith. And he said, thy God, thy God, thy God, is what Darius said. But Daniel said in verse 22, my God... My God, who is an ever-present help in my time of need and trouble. My God, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. My God, who never changes. My God, who has delivered me in the moment is delivering me, and He will deliver me. My God, my God, hath sent His angel, He said, and hath shut the lion's mouths. Oh, that there ain't no hurt. Amen. Some people come through, and God even brings them through, but they'd rather hold on to the hurt than they would the victory. You don't know how they hurt me. I said, and that's better than Jesus' blood? Come on. Are you kidding me? You would rather stroke that hurt and that offense than to rejoice in the victory? How do you know? I'm going to tell you how. You have to come to this place where you say, you know what? We're not even going to talk about that because I'd rather talk about the victory. Look what God has done. Let's not rehash everything that they did or they said or the way they acted. No, 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 no. I'm not going to sit here and nurse and pet on this hurt and this offense. I'm going to rejoice in what God has done. I am better inside because of what he has done. I'm not going to sit here and talk about everything that every my parents did or didn't do. You know what I mean? I'm not going to sit here. And Teresa, I was the worst offender. I was the worst. But God said, shut that up. Am I not better, amen, than as he told Hannah, than ten sons? Am I not better? God is better, amen. God is better. The victory is better. I rejoice in that. I come through that lion's den and I don't have any hurt. 
So that ought to, you, that ought to make you shout. I'm going to come through the lion's den and I'm not going to continue to be hurt. Yeah, I'm going to write a commentary. Amen. My God showed up in the darkest, lowliest hour. My God shut the mouth of the lions. My God shielded me from hurt. Not the test, but the hurt and the harm. He brought me through. It's faith until the end. Paul told Timothy, Timothy, endure hardness like a good soldier. If there is a message that needs to be preached in this snowflake age, It's put your big boy pants on. You're in a warfare, okay? If you don't understand that after 20 years and you're crying over a warfare, then just pick a seat, sit the bench. But if you're going to get out and you're going to fight and you're going to war, amen, you got to put on your big boy pants, put on your whole armor, amen, and stand and quit you like men. Endure hardness, he said, Timothy. You can't get upset because people despise your youth. Let no man despise your youth. You can't walk around in fear, son. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You got to walk in victory and you got to know, I got to be a man, amen. I got to be a man. I got to stand up and I got to fight the good fight of faith. And they're going to hurl comments to me, but guess what? I'm still going to preach to him. I'm still going to minister to him. It's like when Nikki Cruz was beating up David Wilkerson. You know who David Wilkerson is and everybody knows who Nikki Cruz is. He's out there beating him up and slapping him and punching him and he said Nikki I still love you. Most people just said I'm a Christian. Don't they know that I don't need to be treated like that? And while he's sl- slapping him and he's telling him Nikki I love you I love you Jesus loves you there's nothing else he could do what do you do with that listen I'm closing are you here with me Jesus endured we're called to endure and we must put our faith and trust totally and completely in God He's in control of all things. Psalms 91 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Listen. He says, I will say of the Lord, He's my refuge, my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestle. He shall cover thee With his feathers. Are you walking under his shadow? Walking in his shadow. And under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night. Nor the arrow that flieth by day. Nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness. Nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side. And ten thousand at thy right hand. But it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold the wicked. Uh, shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord which is thy my refuge even the most high thy habitation there shall no evil befall thee neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways they shall bear thee up in their hands lest thou dash thy foot against a stone I want to close with a story 
Brother Talbert told me years ago. He was in the Philippines and he had a young pastor in his early 20s. And he was a young, young guy serving the Lord. And you got to understand, until you've been to the Philippines, and I've never been, but they, they just, it's just, it's a huge country with a lot of islands. And there's just a lot of chaos in certain places. A lot of Muslim areas that where they just, they'll kidnap you and, and, and <clears throat> they have their own set of rules and their own policing, if you will, in certain areas. And this young preacher was somewhere preaching. And he got picked up. I think it's called the, the PNA, the Filipino, I don't know. But the, anyway, it was these rebels, if you will. And he was picked up. And, and, and they were taking him, and they were going to kill him. They were going to shoot him, and they took him to a bridge, and he was, he was preaching to him. He was preaching to him, and he started praying. And when he started praying, two of the, there was two men there. One of the men started crying. Started, we, this is a true story. They tied his hands up with ropes. They tied his feet up with ropes. They were going to drop him off that bridge. They were going to shoot him and then drop him. And the one man said, please, don't, let's not shoot him. Let's just throw him. He'll die. But I don't have the heart to sit here and, and us shoot him. It's pitch black, dark, dark as night. And they, that man's praying. He's preaching to them. He's ministering to them. That one man's under conviction. They picked him up and they threw him over that bridge. Brother Talbert said, driest place on the planet. But he said they had had a summer rain or a winter rain, whatever. It came through. Everything was dry. And he said that man came straight down and he braced for impact. He just kind of like this. He was bracing for impact. And he said, Brother Skiles, he said he fell into a hole. That was about a little bit bigger than a five-gallon bucket. You know, Filipinos are skinny fellows, you know. And he said he went right in that hole like a peg. And he said there was a, a sharp place at the top. And he said, this is the God's honest truth. He said as he was going like this, he went right in that hole. And there was water in that hole. It's like a big old pot with a hole on top. And he said he went right in there. And he said somehow that rock cut that rope off of his hands and he went right down in the middle of that hole into that area there and fell in that water and his hands were free and he he was swimming he got to the side whatever in there and he untied himself and he lived he said he never hit his head he never hit his feet nothing he had no cuts nothing he fell right in that hole and God preserved him when daylight came, he saw a way out, climbed out of that hole, found some people down the road, and they got him back to his house. God preserved him. Wasn't time for him to go. But I can tell you, that police officer, God touched him that day. He was ministering to him. All of that trauma for one soul, yes, Lord, it's worth it. We're going to go through the lion's dens. But people are going to watch you and see how you act, how you go through it, the testimony you have on the other side. Will it be a testimony of God's glory and honor? 
Will you be faithful? Are you going to complain and bellyache about everything? Come on. I'm telling you, we all need to take a lesson in that. Stop. Give God glory. Speak life. Speak life. I've been praying, God, I'll live and not die. Amen. I'm going to live and not die. I'm going to picture perfect health. You're the healer. I'm doing what you told me to do. Amen. I'm not doing push-ups. I'm doing push-aways. Amen. I'm pushing that plate away. Praise God. Amen. Here I am. I said, Lord, you're, and you know, I'm telling you, that pain went from a 10 down to a 2. God said, I'm touching you. I'm healing you. I'm healing you. I'm touching you. I'm healing you. Amen. Little by little by little by little, he said, do what I tell you to do. Amen. Do what I tell you to do. And he said, just remember this. Everything that you're going through is an answer to your prayer. Because we say, God, I want to get closer to you. I want a deeper walk. And he said, all right. Really? Let's go. And you're going, no, Lord, where are you? He said, no, no, you asked for this. Amen. Come on. But you're going to make it through there because the heart that you had to, cut, to get here in the first place is that same faith's going to bring you through on the other side. And that should never deter you from saying, God, I want to draw closer. No, that's the heart. And the, even the speaking in tongues and, and praying in the Spirit when you prayed and you didn't even know what you were praying. And God is bringing you through a place. I'm just telling you right now. He's faithful. He's faithful. Oh, mighty God. Would you bow your heads in prayer right now?